So, are you DTFF? Once again, here is Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge. Welcome back to DTFF, everyone. Happy Tuesday evening. We are here recording live, or I suppose if you're listening to this after the fact, we're not live, but whatever. Come join us live if you're listening in audio only. It's much hey, more we're fun still, interactive this way. We're still recording live, even if they're not listening live. Ah, uh, fair point. Right? Fair That's like point. a yes. psychological yeah. thing or something. I don't know. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we are back. Uh, less than two weeks from the expo. Very excited about that. Uh, we are less than two weeks away from the first preseason football game. I mean, the Hall of Fame game is hey, coming up right around the corner, my man. It's I know people like the rag on it, but it is a preseason football game. We, we're actually football. the time is nigh where we are going to have football every week until February. Like, like we are on the cusp of just wonderful weekend weekday NFL football. And I it's can't beautiful. be more excited. I cannot wait until the second uh, preseason game when we all immediately start taking it for granted again. And yep. We have to oh, come yeah. back and we start griping and complaining. Yep. It's going to happen. I, I, it'll happen. I'm going to try not to keep that positive attitude moving forward, spread positivity, even with preseason football. Yeah. But yeah, we're here. Got a great show this evening for you folks. We are talking bold predictions. We're getting bold. We're getting spicy. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We're each going to take a position. Tell the bold prediction, maybe make a couple beer bets along the way. We shall see so. what unfolds. But before we get into it, Jake, how are you doing this evening? Man, I'm doing great. Uh, I'm doing even better after that uh, proclaimment about the upcoming football, like real football Woo! happening. I hadn't I hadn't internalized it yet. So thank you for helping me get there with that. Uh, and, and I'm also doing great because, you know, for this episode, I wanted a little bit kind of a bold beer to go along with our bold takes our bold predictions and the misses came through once again uh from delta beer lab in madison wisconsin we have a blonde uh no sorry sorry a blueberry blonde and it is quite light quite refreshing mm -hmm. and quite different because i don't see many blueberry beers around and when i do they're all like sickly sweet yeah this is not too bad definitely taste the blueberries it tastes like fresh blueberries it doesn't taste like that the fake blueberry flavoring like it actually, yeah, like it actually tastes like real blueberries. So maybe it is. I don't know how they make it, uh, but so. it's good. Uh, That's it. I, That's all you got for me. It's good. It's good. I don't. I don't know that I could drink a fistful of them. Like it is very light. I, I don't find it super refreshing. You know, like it's really? not. It's not like a oh a lawnmower beer where I could just sit and just like you know crush a six pack during an afternoon out in the sun. Okay, Dustin, what percentage of all beers qualify for this? I feel like that's a very narrow scope to be judging a beer brand. How, how many beers are lawnmower beers in a percentage, in your opinion? I mean, the percentage is fairly light when you talk about percentages of all beers. Right. However, when you think of a Blondale, you're thinking a nice, light, effervescent beer that is easily drinkable that you could crush a bunch. So, okay, with the okay. blueberries, like the blueberries is a little sweet. 
And I mean, it's a good beer, but just not right. not fantastic. Not something I could drink a bunch of. It's arguably too bold for your palate is what you're really saying. Well, it's not too bold for this episode, but it, it's a little <laughs> too bold for my palate. Yes. All right. Well, let's. I'll have to see if my predictions are too bold for your palate as well. I don't know. That could be the case here. And maybe that's why I gravitated towards this beer, but. Uh, no, I'm, I'm good, Dustin. Uh, are you, are you well here? You're kind of going into, uh, a, a bachelor week, dare I say. Well, you're I, in the midst I'm of the, a bachelor. I'm in the, in the middle of a bachelor week. Yeah, I've been a bachelor yeah. since Friday about noon. Uh, not so, yeah. really. Like, you, you just, the, the well, missus is out of town. Out, out of town, is, visiting family for a week. I'm going up this next weekend to visit them as well. So, yes, I, I'm not a full time bachelor. Sorry, ladies or gentlemen that we're hoping. Uh, sorry to crush your hopes. Sorry to crush your hopes coming up here with the expo if you, if you got some bright ideas <laughs> there. But uh, still feel free to buy me some beers if, if you want. Um, I'll take them. You know, that's fine. But just know that. What far, a guy. That's as far as it goes. That's that's the limit. <laughs> All right, Dustin, do you want to uh, get us into this drunk trade? Should we do it? I want to say yes. However, <laughs> I feel like there's a couple little pieces of news. Maybe we just want to lightly discuss here before we want to do news. All just right. a little bit. We can, we just, can do news. Well, really, there was breaking news today with literally Tim, Tim Patrick. Yeah. Um, sounds like he way. tore his ACL. They're fearing out for the season, which is really unfortunate. Yeah. Breaking news that Tim Patrick is broken for this year, which is really hurting every best ball team I've drafted basically (laughs) to this point. Yeah, I think a lot of people, they were very high on him as a third option on that team. Uh, I've heard some people say he could even be a number two, which I wasn't going quite that far. That was not a bold prediction I was going to make for this season, but uh, nevertheless. And then Deshaun Watson, news came out yesterday, six games suspended. Any thoughts on that, Jake, or just there's yeah. I just I don't I mean, I'm sure really there's thoughts, but yeah. the only thing I will say is that, uh, you know, the appeals process is still open as of right now, which should be through if depending on when you're listening to this, I believe through Thursday of this week is the last mm-hmm. time that they have to appeal it. So the NFL could still increase that amount. Uh, so stay tuned to that, I guess. Yeah. Even though they've said they will abide by whatever the judge said, we know that the NFL still will do whatever they want, whenever they want. So. Yeah, I just wanted to bring up those couple things briefly here, just, you know, since they are relatively new and probably not talked about a ton yet. Can I add one thing in as positive news so we don't have two downers right in a row? Debo Debo Samuel uh, got a long-term contract. Big contract. He got a nice, big, juicy three-year contract Mm -hmm. with a lot of guaranteed money, so... Uh, that's, that's nice, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love it for Debo. We've of course been big Debo stands here on this podcast and, uh, I'm thrilled. Yeah. Same here. It's just nice to know that he's going to be with that team and uh, there's going to be a stability. Uh, well, well, just the stability on the offense with you got that young quarterback. Ayuk's still there. Kittle's going to be there. The running backs, who knows? Let's be honest. If that's a rotating carousel there. But the fact that the main offensive pieces are all going to be together now for the next few years, at least is really good outlook for for fantasy true story okay no more joshing around here let's get into the drunk trade of the week drunk 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 hammer drunk 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 trade of the week Dustin, I'm delighted to talk about this drunk trade. So when it comes from Kevin2713, that's a lot of Kevins over there on Reddit. Uh, I don't even know how many more beyond that, Kevin, there are. True Possibly story. millions. Uh, but this one was actually submitted three months ago. This one's been waiting here in the wings 
Uh, this feels like, for whatever reason, the appropriate time to talk about it. Uh, it says, I accepted a trade while drunk and regretted it in the morning and ever since. This is a dynasty one quarterback league. Traded away, Jonathan Taylor. Ugh, you already hate to see it. Better, yep. better hope for a big haul in this second part. Received Miles Sanders, Corey Davis, two 22 first round picks, 2022 first round picks, a 2022 second round pick, and a 2024 first round pick. So, Dustin, that's a lot of firsts. That's a lot of picks coming back. I mean, mm -hmm. that's something. That's fair. That's what I would consider the going rate for Jonathan Taylor right now is about that many first-round picks. So why so glum for Kevin, do you think? I think because you just you traded JT, and if you were a competing team and you gave away a stud running back like that, I could see how you'd be disappointed. Uh, it's too bad we don't have more context with this. But I mean, that would be the only reason if you're if you're not competing and you made this trade, I think it's a great trade. Honestly, uh, two firsts this year. It'd be interesting to know where those firsts were and who this person ended up picking. And then you get a 24 first. I think three firsts is, is basically the going rate for JT. Plus, you got a second. Plus, you got Miles Sanders, who could be a wide, uh, wide receiver, a running back two this year for your team. I don't like, I don't, I don't agree with that, but I, I said, I like I said everything else be. you're saying. I said, well, could anybody be. could be anything, Dustin. You can't just put words out there. They have meaning. That's, that's literally what we do on this podcast. We just put <laughs> words out there. <laughs> And then Corey Davis, which, I mean, I'm not super high on him, but he could be a flex option for you uh, week to week. Some people say Corey Davis could be a wide receiver one again, Dustin, right? Well, he could be. I guess you're the only one saying that. <laughs> no, no, no. Lots of people are saying it. No, okay. I really do think even, <laughs> that's not true at all, even without the two players involved. Yeah, if you're just looking at it from the pick standpoint, it still feels to me like if you're sending out a trade for Jonathan Taylor, this is probably the type of thing that's going to get it done. Yeah, absolutely. But you're right. The context that we're missing here, by the way, is just that this happened right before the 2022 rookie pick uh, or, or rookie draft happened mm -hmm. rather. So again, trying to get those picks. I would love to know what those picks turned into. Because that maybe, could be at the heart here. Maybe, uh, Jake, you can go on to Reddit and, and ask for a reply. See if he responds and says, hey, this is what I, who my picks were. Yeah. What if you got like Reese Hall and Drake London? You know, what if they're early firsts? I mean, basically, you're, I mean, JT is elite talent. We haven't seen Reese Hall yet, but mm -hmm. chances are he's going to be an RB1, if not this year, maybe next year, we're thinking as a community. I mean, you could get two potential starters, long term starters for your roster. So, I mean, it's it's not a bad trade at all. I don't know why he's so disappointed and regretful. Kevin, I'll be reaching out to you later. Maybe we'll have a follow-up on the next episode just to cap this thing off and see see what's wrenching Kevin's heart about all this. But for right now, I think this is the rare time we're both kind of in agreement mm -hmm. that this isn't as bad of a trade as they are making it out to be. No, unless he just has a man crush on, on JT and, you know, really Who just regretting that. Well, that's true. I mean, let's be yeah. honest. Yeah. But don't even get me started on my man crush on, on JTT. That's Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Uh, for those of you who were alive in the 90s and watching sitcoms with me. Home Improvement. Yeah, yeah. And Jungle of... to Jungle. He was in Jungle to Jungle. And the and the voice of Simba in, in the original Lion King. That's true. Young young Simba? Old young Simba? Simba. Young Simba. Okay, all right, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. In any case, though, Drunk Now that we've gone nostalgia lane here. <laughs> drunk Trade, very successful, weirdly mm -hmm. successful. So should we move into our bold predictions, Dustin? And can I hit this drop? I've been waiting all year to hit this drop. Hit it. 
Just, just a little bit in my ears. I don't know if it does in your ears too. You know, it, just... it does that. No, it yeah. it didn't do that for when you play it. But when I do like the intro and yeah. like the drunk trade and stuff and, and the outro music, it always yeah. starts really fast in my ears. Oh, so. uh, whoever clicks the button, that's what happens. Yeah. Then we get the sped up weird version of it. Well, yeah. I'm glad that our listeners have no idea what the hell we're talking about. Uh, oh, we just we just did the, we did this. Smoothly. We took the curtain and just did that just a little bit. People <laughs> saw behind the curtain just a bear, and then we're we're just gonna put it back and and yes, move scary, on. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Let's move so, on. To some yeah, things. bold predictions here, Jake. So we each are taking one bold prediction for each of the fantasy relevant positions. Why don't you start us off, Jake, and, and pick any position you would like. I will follow suit, but um, I'll play follow the leader this evening. You 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 lead this train. Ooh, I love being at the front of the train. Enjoy being my caboose there on this uh, adventure of ours. And I do want to say before we even get into this, you know, bold predictions, they mean different things to different people. I think what we've always considered here, we're not just shouting things into the wind just for fun. We're not just speaking out of our asses because we say, well, it wouldn't be fun if this thing happened. We're looking at things that are actually plausible, that we consider Real, uh, real realities. That's a dumb way of saying that. Real realities. C- can't, can I just like quad real? I don't, whatever. That's just, God damn it. Just keep going. Just keep going. Just go. Can I pull back the curtain again? That was a no. successful moment in the podcast. All right. Well, <laughs> in any case, again, these are things that are plausible to us. We believe in these things. That's what I'm trying to say. We actually believe in That's these right. things. That's right. Probable. So. Eh. Maybe not in, probable, in but, mind. but at least possible. Like it is within the realm of, of possibilities. In, in my opinion, all of mine are more likely to happen than not. So that's what mm-hmm. I'll leave you with as I venture into. I'm going to start with tight ends because you know why? We always you put them towards the them? end. <laughs> yes, and we hate it every single time. So I'm going to start with it this time. I'm going to sneak up from underneath of it and say that no tight end will finish inside the top 20 overall finishers non-quarterback asterisk. That's a big thing. So of all the fantasy players here, Mm -hmm. obviously quarterbacks are going to take up the giant chunk of the top 20, as they typically do, depending on your scoring. I'm going to say that tight ends are, at this point, irrelevant at the top of your draft. So what I mean by this is your elite guys that you consider, your Travis Kelsey's, your Mark Andrews, your Darren Wallers's even, none of these guys are going to be worth their current ADPs because they're all going so high. The last time that this happened where no tight end finished inside the top 20 overall, barring non-quarterbacks, was 2016. Every year in between that, there's been at least one. Most years have had multiple. Last year, for example, Mark Andrews finished eighth overall. Travis Kelsey, 14th overall. Travis Kelsey's on this list every year back to 2016, by the way, just in case you didn't realize that he has been phenomenal. And then there's always some guy sprinkled in that's kind of the new hotness. Darren Waller mm-hmm. was there in 2020. Zach Ertz was there in 2018. Gronk would be there more often if he hadn't gotten hurt so much. But what I want to say about this, and maybe that's unfair to Gronk, but there's always going to be the the guys who miss a few games anyways. I mean, mm-hmm. George Kittle is probably a shining example of that this year. So why draft a tight end that high 
You're hoping that they finish inside the top 20. Travis Kelsey, I have a bone to pick with, and I don't want to overlap my bone with your bone because I see that you want to get involved in that too. So I'm going to leave some meat there for you to chew at later. There's but talk about so many things wrong in that group of sentences you just said. I think almost everything was right. Perfect. In fact, I could record it, play it back to myself like Tobias from Arrested Development, and I would agree with every single thing still. Let me talk about Mark Andrews so I can let you talk about Travis Kelsey. Mark Andrews, for me, is a guy who benefited a whole lot from Lamar Jackson's absence last year. His game splits with and without Lamar Jackson when Tyler Hundley had to come in to take over for him. Night and day. I'm not saying that Mark Andrews was terrible with Lamar Jackson, but he was averaging on pace for the whole season to be more than 65 points off of what his finish was. That's huge for you on a weekly uh, basis because you need a tight end drafted that high to be above just replaceability. You need them to give you something special that the other tight ends are not giving you. And Mark Andrews, I, I think the appeal is he's the only game in town right now. Marquise Brown is out. Uh, their, their depth chart at wide receiver looks scary. I'm placing most of my eggs into the Rashad Bateman bucket, however, and that's probably where a lot of us are going to diverge. I believe in Rashad Bateman's talent in this offense even a little bit more than I did Hollywood Browns, and he did great things last year. I'm expecting a little bit more to go towards Bateman. I think Andrews is still going to be really good. I just don't think he's going to be top 20 good. Yeah, I think that's fair. And as you said, mine kind of piggybacks a bit on on yours here. So let's get into it. And then if you want to add anything onto it, you know, feel free to do that. So my bold prediction is that Travis Kelsey will have less than a thousand yards and six touchdowns this season. <gasps> yes, that's right. And, and this is not due to injury. I, I'm going to say that right now. I don't think he's going to get injured. He's been really healthy his entire career. Um, so I don't see that changing. What has changed is the makeup of this offense. We had Tyreek Hill. He's gone, got his bag of money, and he left town and is in sunny Florida. So automatically you think, hey, Kelsey, he's the guy. Like, like this, this is the guy. There's no one else there. Wrong. They brought in a bunch of guys. MVS from the Packers. Juju, who has been a wide receiver one previously. Am I saying he's going to do that this year? No, that's not what I'm saying. Although I could say it later. We don't know what's going to happen here with the other bold predictions. But uh, they've still got Miko Hardman. They spent the second round pick on him a couple years ago. He could have that third year wide receiver breakout this year that everyone likes to talk about. They've got talented players on the team. And I think this is an opportunity that they, because they have other, we'll say, unproven wide receivers that they can spread the ball around a bit more. We know that CEH has been banged up essentially his entire NFL career so far. They drafted uh, uh, is that Pacheco in the draft, who is getting some buzz here in camp early. They could be trying to run the ball a little bit more. They got Ronald Jones, so maybe they want to be a little bit more uh, run heavier than what we've traditionally seen out of them the last few years. And since they're not hyper-focusing on Tyreek and the speedster of Tyreek taking away all those, uh, you know, drawing the defenses away from the underneath routes with Travis Kelsey. And they got Juju, who runs a lot of underneath routes. Like, like he is a slot underneath guy. He's not a burner. That's what MBS is. You said so, slot, correct? I just want to yes. make sure you emphasize that slot. Slot, yes. If you say so, too quick, it has a different connotation. That's all. I'm it, it really does. And, and well, it could be that too. We don't know. And I'm not saying that he is. But no judgment. Any, no judgments. Yes. So point being... 
uh, Kelsey and Juju are going to run a lot of routes in the same general area. So that's why I feel like this is going to be the year that Kelsey drops off. And I don't believe it's an age thing where he loses a step. I think it's just more of a facet of the offense changing based on Tyreek leaving. I mean, I agree. I, I feel like maybe I've persuaded you over time. I, if I recall correctly, when we did our Chiefs divisional breakdown or the AFC West break, I feel like you gave me a little bit of, of guff about the, the Travis Kelsey hatred that I was showing there. Maybe it's just because I went did. too far in one direction or the other. But even even saying that, I don't know if I can get on board with the less than a thousand yards. That's, that's so tough because but the that's last why it's time bold. that happened was 2015. I know. Where you had less of both of these 2015. I know. That's why this is bold, Jake. It's bold. Yes, I understand it's bold. But again, it, what, what would you give the odds here of him surpassing one or the other? So either getting a thousand yards or getting six touchdowns where he surpasses one or the other. Like, What do you think are the odds that he at least does that? I don't know. I don't know. Zero percent. One percent. You are such a liar. One percent. Such an absolute liar. You know. Forty-seven. For what is worth, I really agree with the spreading out the ball theory, and I don't understand why more people don't. I I get it. It's Tyreek Hill, and he's gone. But yeah, these aren't schlubs that they brought in to fill in the gap. They're better than anything that was behind him last year, Mm -hmm. him being Tyreek Hill. So I agree with the spreading it out. All right, let us now go back to the top of our list. Okay. And and go back to quarterbacks, because I have a lot to say about the quarterbacks this year, unfortunately. So bear with me. I'll try and make this as condensed as possible. But I believe the trio of Trey Lance, Justin Fields, and Trevor Lawrence a couple of sophomore gunslingers are going to outscore the trio of Dak Prescott, Aaron Rodgers, and Derek Carr. The old standbys here at quarterback. Now, for reference, every single one from that first group has a lower ADP right now than every single person from the second group. That's so tracks. they are all being faded right now. To be fair, Trey Lance and Derek Carr are close, but still, he is behind him. And uh, I get it. Last year was, was really bad for the rookies. And this is me doubling down on what I said last year because I mm-hmm. had faith in the rookies last year. You sure and did. Really nobody lived up to it, unfortunately. I believe Mac Jones was probably the closest to living up to any sort of rookie expectations. Mm-hmm. And that's not where you want to be. But here's here's why I still believe this to be the case. Let's just start with Trey Lance. Last year, Jimmy Garoppolo, he was the quarterback 16 in points per game. He did that on a team that ranked 31st in pass attempts, okay? Why is that good for Trey Lance? That's not good for Trey Lance, but Trey Lance has legs. Jimmy Garoppolo did not. Trey Lance ran. Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't have legs? He's got no legs! How does Uh, does he see uh, over his offensive line? God, they get him monitors. It works out. Uh, Trey Lance does not need to throw like Jimmy Garoppolo needs to throw. He ran for 1,100 yards in his last full college season. He can do that. Jimmy Garoppolo cannot do that. He also, in the two games that Trey Lance started last year, I know it's a tiny sample size. I don't care. But he averaged 12 rushing attempts in those two games. That's huge for a quarterback, by That's the way. That's a lot. Trey Lance, many better signs than Jimmy Garoppolo for fantasy. Justin Fields, in the nine games that he actually played, like most of the snaps last year, he was averaging... On pace, let's do the on pace thing. It's just nicer. It's easier to digest. 3,200 passing yards and about 700 rushing yards. 700 rushing yards is pretty magical for any any quarterback. That floor is majestic. 
So stretch that out. I know he doesn't have weapons. They did bolster the offensive line. I know John Sadsack Helmkamp was on here for our <laughs> NFC North breakdown, trying to poo-poo everything. But they added Riley Reef. They added Michael Dog. Schofield. Dog. <laughs> they stole <laughs> Lucas Patrick from the Packers. They have added some depth. And maybe uh, I think a couple other guys were not added, actually, at the time that he was on. So I have to give him a little bit of a break. And then Trevor Lawrence gets a reset. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry to keep saying it. He gets a reset because of the Urban Meyer debacle. Absolutely. They did boost his weapons. I know it's not a ton, but anything was going to be better than what he had last year. And I love Travis Etienne to help him overall. And again, mm-hmm. sneaky rushing upside. All of these guys, a lot of rushing upside. Totaling, I could make my bold prediction that the three of these guys will get at least... I don't know, 1,500 rushing yards and 15 rushing touchdowns amongst them. And I think that's actually too sane to make it a bold prediction. So the floor is there. The ceiling is absolutely there. The other guys, I I hate to say it, Dustin, Derek Carr is my favorite of that bunch, and especially at his ADP. He's the lowest Mm -hmm. out of all of them at value. He definitely is my favorite. He's the only one who actually had something added to his team that is not a massive detriment. Dak Prescott lost. Mari Cooper, Cedric Wilson, now James Washington mm-hmm. after his injury in training yep. camp. Still don't know when Michael Gallup will play, but he says it won't be week one. Right. Players saying it won't be week one. That's awful. That's never good news. I mean, this could be a massive rushing offense now. Mm-hmm. Dak hasn't been rushing like he used to. Probably just injury concerns. You know, he had that year in 2020. Mm-hmm. Sat out and that's a lot of time. They're probably trying to protect him, but... And Aaron it's a Rogers. Mike McCarthy offense, so yeah, Mike we 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 know how that goes too. Uh, we're all too acutely aware of that. So I don't hate that, Jake. Uh, I think it is that is very bold, but yeah, I think we're all expecting these these three quarterbacks to take the sophomore jump forward this year. Obviously, Lance didn't really play last year, so you can't really count that as like his rookie season of playing. But I think we're all expecting you know a big jump forward from all three of these quarterbacks this season. Where yeah, Rogers is getting older and reduced weapons on that offense car. They've got a new offensive coordinator now. I mean, everyone says Josh McDaniels offensive genius, but he hasn't been a head coach for quite some time. And his limited stint in Denver didn't show that much. So we don't really know what to expect from that offense. We're expecting good things, but could it happen? We don't know. So yeah, I don't hate that Jake. I think that's, that's a good one. Don't hate it. I got a don't hate. I'll take it. (laughs) All right. Let's move on to your quarterback bold prediction. Mine is Jalen Hurts is going to finish as the QB1 overall this season. Yes, supplanting Josh Allen, supplanting Patrick Mahomes. Better than Lamar. Better than all of them. The number one this season. Here's why. This is his, what, third year in the league? Second year. Second year in the league. I lose track of time. Second year in the league. He was that good that you thought he played two years last year. I really did. I can't believe it's only been, that was his rookie year. Anyway. So we saw really good things the second half of the season from him uh, using his legs. Throwing was eh, but he's as I've as I've been told, listening to other shows, uh, which these are people I trust, which you should always do. Listen to people and, and, and look at people you trust. Um, he could be improving as a passer, which I'm expecting him to improve as a pastor, pastor, passer, because they traded for A.J. Brown, elite wide receiver. We've got Devonta Freeman going into his second season. I feel like I'm losing all my words right now. I don't know what's going on. You know on. why it is? Cause it's because I fucked you up. Because Jalen Hurts has been in the year in the league for two years already. He just didn't play the first year. Yeah. So that's, See, that's why. I, I set you off it's on all, the wrong track. Oh, you did. You, you, you I scrambled got your brain my brain. Scrambled. 
Yes. <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah. Grizzly Adams did have a beer. Jalen Hurts has been in the league for three years. There we go. Started this one. <laughs> Let's reset. <laughs> bold prediction. Dustin doesn't make it through all of his bold predictions. Oh, my God. I am I am sorry, folks. Jake threw me all off. And, all right. yeah. All right. So, let's go back. A.J. Brown, elite. They dog. traded for him. because Yes, dog. Because they obviously want to give Jalen Hurts as much support as possible. I mean, this is the year where he needs to basically shit or get off the pot. Like, they need to know what they've got in their quarterback. Is this the year? So, they're giving him every weapon possible. So, they got A.J. Brown, elite. Devonta Smith. Going into a second year, he did flash last year. Like, he had an okay rookie season. He hit some of those benchmarks you like to see out of rookies, um, which point to being a very, very good receiver with longevity in the league. You got Dallas Goddard, very good tight end. Jalen Rager, question mark? But yeah, he could be a thing. Maybe he'll come forward. But then you got Miles Sanders, Kenny Gainwell. Like, you've got all these offensive pieces in place. And with Jalen Hurts, you got his legs and rushing upside, as you were just talking about with, with like Lance and, and Lawrence and Fields. A lot Same of leg thing. talk tonight. A lot it. of leg talk, yeah. So he has all that, and and I think this is the year he's, it's going to be one of those magical seasons where he just puts it all together, and he ends up being QB1 overall. I love it based almost entirely off of his rushing upside. I, I hate to keep belaboring that, and I know that everybody talks about Konami code quarterbacks right now, but like, he was only one half of the Konami code last year. Mm-hmm. He didn't have the passing is what's going to do it. Like he's going to be able to balance that out this year. So I love it. AJ Brown and him uh, eat brunch together. I hear that's a yeah, big thing. That's too. good. And here's the thing too. That. Like having that, the two very good wide receivers, one elite, one possibly could be elite someday. That's going to take defenses out of the box. So it will open up more rushing lanes for him, which I really like. That's a great point. It's like uh, if, if Lamar, imagine Lamar Jackson had been able to play with Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster in those years that they did really well together. Mm-hmm. You know, like imagine that added it, threat instead yeah. of Big Ben trying to limp his way. And he, and even Big Ben would pick up like decent chunks of yardage when he actually tried to run at that point because of what you're saying. So, yep. yeah, I, I love it. I freaking love it, man. You know what else I love? What do you love? I love crushing Lamp. people's hopes and dreams about oh. Cam Akers. But yes, I also <laughs> love Lamp. Uh, I do. That's not my bold prediction, but I do love Lamp. No, my bold prediction for running back, though, is that Mr. Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson are going to finish within 50 fantasy points of each other easily. I almost want to, I even want to break that down a little bit more. I just felt like it was a nice round number. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even say, that's like three fantasy points per game difference. I don't know. Maybe it's not even bold enough. I'd, I'd go down to 40. I, I might even go down to 30. But my point being here, that Cam Akers is being drafted right now. I just checked his ADP RB19. Henderson is RB43 currently in full PPR formats. I don't get the gap. I just don't get the gap. Mm-hmm. Because Daryl Henderson, all he's ever done when he's actually been on the field and getting the ball is produced incredibly well. He's been so efficient. He's been way more efficient than Cam Akers has been, not just last year, but even when Cam Akers got his turn in his rookie season. He was not anything close to what Daryl Henderson was by like every metric. And I know it's easy to just blame the injury last year and be like, he'll be a lot better. Akers will be a lot better this year because he won't be playing injured. Yeah, okay, I guess. If you're the head coach of this team, though, 
Do you want to be rushing this guy into a full workload this year after seeing how he looked to end the season last, while also knowing that Daryl Henderson is on his last year with your team? Why would you not give that guy, who's been so efficient and is a really good pass catcher to boot, why not give that guy the touches, at least to split them, so that you can save this dude who is your future, I don't know, let's say for the next two to three years at least, you're not losing anything by doing that. And uh, Sean McVay has already come out and said he views them both. This is straight from his mouth. This isn't a beat reporter. He views them both as starting running backs, and he wants them to complement each other and supplement each other, and basically rotate. And it's right now in training camp, they are splitting first-team reps down the middle. So whether that sticks throughout the entire season, I mean, it's probably dependent on who gets injured or doesn't. But assuming that they both magically do stay healthy for the majority of the season, it's so silly to me that this ADP goal is there because it's not going to look like that at the end of the season. I don't mm -hmm. think. Yeah, I I am in lockstep with you on this one, Jake. I don't. I feel like this isn't very bold at all. I I am not. I'm not uh, high on Cam Acres, and I agree with you 100. percent I think they are going to finish very close. <coughs> Excuse me. And the folks that are picking Acres that early in their drafts are going to end up regretting it at the end of the season. Yeah. I mean, I'm at least glad that his ADP is dropping a little bit. It seems like people are maybe starting to take that to heart, but got to drop a little bit more for me. Mm -hmm. Same here. All right. My running back. Bold prediction is that Aaron Jones and and Travis Etienne will finish as top five running backs this season. I love it. So I think we've we talked about Aaron Jones last week with our bold with bold predictions no that's this week nfc north my words what's wrong with me where are I they i can't find them i can't I find them i don't taste pennies so i'm no i'm not having a stroke do you smell uh, toast that's no. the other indicator no okay. i don't so good. am i though am i don't know I? maybe it's this beer maybe it's this blueberry blonde that's getting to you maybe maybe i'm allergic to blueberries oh my god i'm not what a don't twist worry. anyway so we talked to aaron jones quite a bit last week and how our guest last week said it wouldn't be out of the question that Aaron Jones finishes as the RB1 overall. Why I don't think that's necessarily going to happen, it very well could. So I think we, we we talked about that last week. And if you didn't hear that last week, pause the episode right here. Go back and listen to the divisional breakdown, NFC North, from last week. We did the Packers at the end of the episode, but please listen to the whole thing. But if you just want it, go to about probably 45 minutes into the episode. That's probably about the time we started talking Packers. And you'll hear everything that our, our guests and ourselves had to say about the Pack and Aaron Jones. So I don't need to go into that in too much more detail. But ETN, I've, I'll admit, I was not high on him last year when he was drafted. I thought he was going way too early in drafts. Uh, and then the injury happened, which I know we can't predict injury, so I don't, I don't hold that against him or, or anyone else. But with the coaching change there and just, as you've said, the reset with Lawrence, he's got his buddy from college. They were, they were played together there at Clemson, and ETN is healthy. And he has, you know, zero restrictions here in training camp. I have totally changed my tune and and think he's going to have a great season this year. And as I said, top five running back. Like, I think it, it's in place there where uh, James Robinson is probably not going to come back till at least middle of the season. So there's basically no competition for him there. And he's a great pass catcher out of the backfield. So he's going to and that's what you need to be top five. Unless you're Derrick Henry, you need to be able to catch passes and catch a lot of balls out of the backfield, which he's going to do that. Plus, he's also going to be running in between the tackles and getting all the rushing attempts, too. So that being said, 
That's why I think they're going to be top five, both of them. I really like this. I've been really high on Travis Etienne and have loved where his ADP has been for now. It's so crazy because it is low. I mean, it's third round at best. You know, maybe that'll change as we get closer to the, mm-hmm. the actual true start of the season. But maybe once we be... see some preseason games and you actually see him out on the field playing, he busts like a big one open or something. But yeah. I hope it stays a little depressed. I would love to be able to snag him. Yeah, in like the third or fourth round. I think that'd be chef's kiss. I think people need to see the rushing. Like, I don't think anybody is debating his pass catching. It feels like people want to see the rushing. And I'm not worried about that. He's exactly like DeAndre Swift was to me when we hadn't seen him play. It's like, well, I know that DeAndre Swift is not a very good runner. And and I apologize. I'm sorry. He, He, If you've seen him compared to like a typical, just average rusher. If you've seen him compared to Derrick Henry, he's a terrible, pure rusher. Yeah, of course. Everybody Dustin, Dustin just called Derrick Henry an average runner. That's what I just heard. Because I said if you compare him to an average runner, he's worse. And then he said uh, that it was Derrick Henry. So that's mathematically that's how that works. Uh, well, but again, in any words. case, it's my in words. any case, let me put it this way: I think Travis Etienne is a better rusher than DeAndre Swift is, and they both had the same level of uh, grabby potential, let's say. They're both going to be that good as pass catchers. Okay, yeah, I shouldn't have done that uh, probably with my hands there, and I regret that immediately. Uh, But in terms of grabbing the football out of the backfield when it's thrown to them, they're both going to be incredible. Uh, And again, ETN has a different level than Swift does for that, which is why I think it's not crazy to say that he could finish as top five there. People are mm-hmm. still thinking that DeAndre Swift could do that. I don't think that, but I agree with you that ETN could. All right. Take us home, Jake, here. Wide receivers. We're going to finish off spicy. I like yep. that we're doing this. Uh, if you've listened to this podcast at all this offseason, you know that I love T. Higgins. Uh, I love T. Higgins so much that I'm saying he will outscore Jamar Chase in more of their week-to-week matchups, meaning... Each week, pit their scores against each other. T. Higgins mm-hmm. is going to have more where he outscores Jamar Chase. I realize that's right. a stupid way of saying it, so I just want to clarify. No, I think no, I, that makes perfect sense. Perhaps Jamar Chase has a couple of really big games that inflate his stats. Mm-hmm. Maybe at the end of the season, he looks better than T. Higgins. Maybe. I don't even think that's true. But if we're just looking at them head-to-head, week-to-week, there is nobody that I would rather have Almost all together than T. Higgins. Like he's begin, he's so close to being in my top three this year for wide receivers overall. It's insane. Ooh. And Jamar so Chase is that guy for a lot of people. Yeah. So what you're saying is T. Higgins is going to be the more consistent receiver that you can count on in that offense. Absolutely. And I still think that his ceiling is incredible. It mm-hmm. might not. It might just not be sixty points in a game like Jamar Chase had right. that one game last year. You know, if you're banking on that or want that, maybe you can't get that from T. Higgins. No, uh, you also probably can't get that from Jamar Chase again this year. But who knows? Things could be crazy. I looked to last year, and there was a couple of really big turning moments. And D- T. Higgins, about halfway through the season, started to collect more targets than Chase. Started to outperform Chase in basically every every level. 
It was just that he didn't blow up as often. And people are left with Jamar Chase's end-of-year finishes, which were amazing. Mm -hmm. And they forget that he actually busted quite a lot once T. Higgins started to come back on. Now, we've talked about this previously, that maybe you think Jamar Chase just sort of got worn down. He'd been out of football. He wasn't playing as often, right? He hadn't been playing as often. So I had a whole thing ready, and you just... It's Groundhog it right Day, Dustin. Me. We've we've already we've already had this discussion probably like on that episode where we talked about the Bengals, if I'm not mistaken. But I'm so and I understand right that. I understand that. I'm not willing to put my confidence that he was just worn down. I saw T. Higgins take strides up. That was just you saw him playing as a decoy in a lot of games almost to start the season. Kind of how AJ Green used to when he was always hurt, and mm-hmm. AJ Green would go out there. And you're like, can I start him? Because I need to see him on the the active list and then I'll start him. But then you were bummed because he was healthy, quote unquote, but they weren't throwing the ball to him. And that's what I I say a lot from Chase. Here's here's what I think it is, Jake. So Chase and Burrow were teammates at LSU. So I think Burrow just forgot. I hadn't heard that. That's incredible. I I think that uh, Burrow just kind of forgot that T. Higgins was an elite wide receiver that he also had on his team. She's like, hey, I'm going to throw it to my buddy. And then he's like, Oh, yeah, I got this other guy over here who's also super fucking good. I should throw him the ball, too. Maybe that's what happened. (laughs) He just forgot. He's like, Mm -hmm. oh, he had stars in his eyes for Jamar Chase. And then it worked out for like those first couple of games real well. And then when it stopped working out a little bit less, he's like, well, now what the fuck do I do? And he's like, oh, right. Here's this stud. Uh, who was also hampered by injury again. I, mm-hmm. I can't belabor that enough. Him and his quarterback both hampered by injury. But yeah, I'm I'm all in on T. Higgins. I'm drafting T. Higgins ahead of Jamar Chase. If I had to, straight up, you don't have to do that, luckily. Mm-hmm. So you can take the bounce. That's right. Yep. All right. Let's finish it off here. Now, this one, Jake, I've got to modify slightly just okay. based on the news today. I would have been oh. disappointed if news broke at, like, if this happened tomorrow. I would have yeah. been disappointed and would have kind of nullified the the bold prediction. But, so I'm going to modify it just slightly. So, this is my original, and I'll tell you how I'm going to modify it. So, my original bold prediction was that the Jaguars wide receiver core of Kirk, Chanel, Jones, and Jones Jr., so four, will outscore the Broncos wide receiver core of Sutton, Judy, Patrick, and Hamill. Obviously, with Patrick's injury, he's out for the season. So, I will still stick with Sutton, Judy, and Hamler as the three wide receivers, okay? So, I'm going to go from four to three. Now, this is what I was thinking for the Jags. Okay. I'll say Kirk, Chenault, and Jones Jr. I okay, will clarify for me and for the listener. Yes, thank you. Because when you said Jones and Jones Jr., I could not immediately think of who Zay the Jones, Jones was. Yeah, Zay Jones, Marvin Jones Jr. Okay, okay, fair enough. So who, who are you keeping out of the three here for this? Marvin Jones Jr., LaVisca Chenault, and Christian Kirk. All right. Okay. Wow. Okay. So yeah, I, I feel like the Jags offense is really, and this is piggybacking off of what you said, kind of, you know, if you're expecting Trevor Lawrence to have that reset this year and do really well, obviously the offense is taking a step forward. Obviously we're, obviously we're, we're like high on the Jags offense taking a big step forward. If I've got ETN top five, I uh, got the wide receivers going to do well. You've got, you've got Lawrence uh, taking a step forward. Uh, we're just really high on this Jags offense, really turning things around this year. I don't Jesus. think I'm quite as high as you are, but yes, we are definitely high on this offense. Yes. So, yeah, I just, I know everyone's all excited about Russell Wilson and this offense in Denver, which it very well should be, but I got a feeling, and it's bold, 
it's real bold. Mm-hmm. I uh, actually was just about to type this into the chat uh, to Mr. Scampers. Mr. Scampers, thank you for sticking with us here, by the way. You've had mm-hmm. wonderful uh, contributions in the chat. Um, I just said Marvin Jones top 25 finish. Woo! Do you agree that that is in the realm of possibility for Marvin Jones? And in the realm, a meaning more likely than not. Is it in the realm? Yes, it is. Where would yes. you, I mean, so you've got this three, you've got this trio, you've got mm-hmm. Kirk Chenault and Marvin Jones. Who, in your opinion, leads the depth chart there? I think it's, I think it's going to be Kirk because they paid him a crap ton of money. So they're going to feed him the ball. So, but that doesn't mean he's going to be like top 12 or top 24. Like he could finish, well, he could finish as like number 24 and Jones could finish as 25. It could be a more even split in that offense than what we think, but I do think target share wise Kirk is going to get the majority of it on that offense that's that makes me sad because I I just I wanted Marvin Jones so badly last year and he oh. came out swinging he looked mm-hmm. good for those first few weeks and he actually won you some weeks and then he really tapered off mm-hmm. um and and I'm still bullish on him in best ball uh, probably not, maybe as much in redraft. I'm going to clarify my statement, by the way, that I typed in before. Marvin Jones, top 25 finish first eight weeks. And then it's anybody's ball game. But those first okay. eight weeks are going to be amazing for him, I think. Uh, I, I, This is very bold mm-hmm. uh, because I think you and I both love Cortland Sutton. Love him. It's really just at this point then maybe a disbelief in Judy. Yeah, and maybe Russ just doesn't cook as much as we're thinking he's going to. Maybe they are a little bit more run heavy on that offense and rely on those two stud running backs they have. Yeah. You know, could be a thing. Yeah. It's possible. Uh, I don't know. I- I'm projecting big things for Denver. So this is going to be a really interesting one to see shake mm-hmm. out. Uh, Def- you know, if Ra- if Russ has anything to say about it, you know what Russ would say? Believe in me. I have talent. And let's go. He'd say, what is talent? Say, let's, <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Bronco Nation. Let's go. That's what he'd say. <laughs> All right. That's enough of that. Boy. Okay. Any any last thoughts here before we sign off for the uh, the week, Jake? No. Uh, the, the one thing that I do want to say that I forgot to mention for our drunk trade of the week after that segment, if you have them, if you want to send them to us, feel free to keep writing them in. Uh, send them to our DMs. That's completely cool. But also, if you want to be a little bit more featured in the episode, send us a video clip of you talking about that drunk trade or just an audio clip i'm actually going to set up a little messaging service that you can call into i'll post that out on twitter so that you can just leave a message telling us about your drunk trade and then your voice and or face will be featured in our episodes that's right and i think that's going to be terrific and i think all of you out there will love that so thank you for bringing that up jake uh keep your eyes on twitter for the official announcement of when that's live the, the messaging thing and yeah, I can't wait to get more of those drunk trades and actually hear people's voices and and the pain and agony of, of these drunk trades that they went through <laughs> or the joy of being on the receiving end of a drunk trade. Yeah, it goes both ways. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I uh, can't wait to see that. So for Jake at Jake Trowbridge on Twitter, for myself at FF Dusty Dog, hit us up at Drinking Fantasy. Give us a like, rate, review anywhere you find your podcast. Subscribe to us here on YouTube. Click the bell. You'll get notifications when we go live. You can see our beautiful faces every single week. And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers.